Please join me today in hearing what God tells us in his word found in 2 Corinthians, reading two verses from separate chapters. Verse 18 of chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We walk by faith, not by sight. I want to track the truth of this text using the example of an infant baptism. Before that blessed event happens, the child brought to the font has a load of spiritual problems. But you can't tell from looking at the child. We go by what God tells us. This baby, like all others born into the world, is described as dead in sin, which does mean unbelief in the heart, not a member of God's family, not yet. But then, water is applied, the word of God is used, and incredible changes happen. The Holy Spirit has entered the heart, causing him or her to believe in Christ and receive the forgiveness of sins. At that moment, he or she is born again, God's child, an heir of eternal life, with all other believers in Christ. A second birthday has happened, more important than the first. Yeah, but from the human visual vantage point, things don't really look any different. We can't see the Holy Spirit go into the person's heart. The baby doesn't do anything or say anything to indicate faith present. Well, that's how it goes when appearances don't tell us the whole story. We can't go by what our eyes are telling us. We go, in this instance, by what God's Word is telling us. Consider another infant who did not need infant baptism. When shepherds ran to Bethlehem to find the newborn Christ, were they directed to look for something supernatural? A glowing child, a halo over the head. No, the information from God zeroed on something that looked quite lowly, in fact. They were to seek out the newborn wrapped in strips of cloth placed in an animal feed trough. Nothing miraculous about that. And perhaps a shepherd or two could have wondered how in the world? How could this lowly child be the almighty Lord of heaven and earth? Well, here too, as it is with many things, spiritual in nature, heavenly in origin, the reality does not match the outward appearance. It goes that way with many features of your Christian life. The next time you take the Lord's Supper, for example, receiving with your mouth bread and wine, 
You take the Lord's word for it, don't you? That you're also getting with the bread, his body, and with the wine, his blood shed on the cross. What about 2,000 some years of time that have passed since Jesus gave us the sacrament? Years becoming decades, becoming centuries, while the corrupt world keeps doing its rebellious thing in defiance of God. We need the Lord's out loud reminder, his word telling us that judgment day is coming, make no mistake. This world will not go on forever. There will be a final reckoning of all people, including us. That leads to another question with the same pattern issue going on. The forgiveness of your sins. This is not a transaction that you experience in a first-hand sort of way. In other words, you don't get to hear the Lord in person telling you what he said to that man lowered through the roof. You know the words. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. And yet the Lord tells you that, even on a personal level, in those passages that you've learned, the gospel declarations of Scripture, and also in the sacrament. This pattern where spiritual reality does not match outward experience, outward appearance, is especially true in the very foundation of the gospel. 2,000 years ago in that pivotal death of Christ. Picture yourself at the cross of Jesus. Focus on the image that would unfold before your eyes. It looks bad. We see a broken, beaten man suffering terribly. We could sense some of the physical agony going on. To some people... At that cross that day, his enemies, this was weak. This was helpless. If he's the almighty son of God, he should come down from that cross. They even said that out loud. Meanwhile, to others, quite fond of Jesus, the image meant something different. This is wrong. This shouldn't happen to him. What no one was able to see without faith was God's work in placing all sins of all people of all time on one person and carrying out justice. What no one was able to see without faith was God forsaking his son, having him go through what hell is like as the complete atonement of the whole world, the complete payment for all sins, the the total elimination of your guilt, Likewise, what no one is able to see, but is nevertheless true, is the reality of Christ risen from the grave, ascended back to his glory, ruling everything on earth for the benefit of his people, taking them home, a lot of them, one by one, to their glory. We thank God that the unseen reality does not escape us. We thank God that his word delivered to us is the power at work changing our hearts, opening the eyes of faith. Only in that way have we seen and still see the fact of our salvation 
anchored in God's grace, accomplished by Christ. In that way, by faith, we get to claim the promise of our victory as the result of His victory. And so we pray. Lord, help us to see what is truly there for us in your words and promises. Help us all to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. We'll close this morning with hymn 285, singing stanzas 1, 3, and 6. Stanzas 1, 3, and 6, hymn 285. How precious is the glory divine, by inspiration given, bright as a lamp is the prince shine, to guide our souls to heaven. It shows to man his wandering ways, and where his feet have Till we...